Welcome to The Sip List, the podcast where we drink wine and count down our top five favorites of all the things, including movies, music, TV shows, books, and more. The Sip List does not claim ownership of any clips used in this episode, as any film, TV, or sound clips are owned by the original copyright holders. Additionally, this podcast does contain spoilers, so please be aware. This show does also contain explicit content, so please keep that in mind as you are playing it wherever you are, work, car, etc. Thank you and enjoy the episode. long time no see or hear or talk or whatever. <laughs> I feel like it's been a minute. And this is the podcast where we drink wine and count down our right. top five favorites of all the things. Yeah, wine, whatever, but I I drink wine and I need to start talking about wine again. So um, welcome back. And I am joined today by my plobster, Casey. What's up, bro? Um, Philadelphia by 15 points with two and a half minutes left in the third. Very nice. Uh, yeah, our, my my fantasy league is doing okay today, so we'll see we'll see what happens. Lamar did well for me yesterday or this morning, rather, or whatever, whenever that was. Thursday. Um, Thursday. Thank you. It's I've been out of town all week. It's I'm having a hard time remembering what day it is. Now you know how I felt when I got back from fucking Texas. Yeah. No, I know. I get it. Well, and it didn't help that, you know, we were supposed to come home Friday. Friday, our flight got canceled, and then, yeah, it was just a whole shit show. Orlando, fix your fucking airport. Like, come on, you guys. It's not just us. Every 25 people missed our flight, and then 27 people missed the next flight, which we were able to get onto on standby. Fix your fucking airport. There's my PSA for the day. <laughs> because um, it's been a hot minute since Queenie has given us a PSA. Yeah. We well, all miss the PSAs. Apparently everybody has said that it's the worst airport. And even George was saying that. And yeah, I mean we missed we were there in plenty of time. We missed our flight because the TSA line, which said twenty-two to twenty-five minutes was two hours. And George and I have pre-check, but Abby doesn't, so we didn't. And yeah, you can't just. Yeah, you we guys can't send her by herself. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you guys would have ended up on the plane, and she would have ended up not yeah. making the plane and being by herself. And then our bags ended up on that plane, and didn't we just got our bags about an hour ago? So. Yeah, yeah, good times. Rumor, rumor has it yesterday they were in town. You guys just hadn't gotten down to the airport to get them. Well, no. we. I mean, so first of all, they were supposed to be delivered to us, which they were today. But yeah, they were at DFW yesterday by 3 o'clock, but we could never get an update. So even if we wanted to go get them, it never said they were actually there. But we know they were because they were on the flight we were supposed to be on 
from Chicago. So, yeah, we were going to have to fly from Orlando to Chicago and then back to Dallas. Stupid. So, yeah, good times. That's literally, like, the dumbest fucking flight path imaginable. Because literally, like, Orlando to Dallas is, like, a straight shot right across the fucking Gulf of Mexico. Right. But we had a fun trip. We went to Universal. We did the Halloween Horror Nights. um, Made our way out to Cocoa Beach. Got a little ocean time. So, it was a good trip. I'm um, still adamant that um, I need to know if you are peanut butter because I'm jelly as fuck. <laughs> you got to do all this shit. So my one piece of advice I would give people, and in hindsight, I would have done this differently. So we did two days at the park and we did, so we did Tuesday all day at the park and then we did Halloween Horror Nights that night because it's a separate ticket and everything. 12 hours was too long of a day. Like, we stood in line for one haunted house. Now, granted, it was an hour and a half wait. It was fucking insane how many people were there. But we really didn't do much else because we were so tired. So Halloween Horror Nights needs to be done by itself if you really want to do all the things. And also, my mind is still going back to high school and college when I had no problem standing in line for hours with my friends to go to a haunted house because we just had so much fun. But as a 40 something year old adult, when you've been walking around all day, it's just, it's not in my mind. It sounded like a good idea, but practically it was not. So. Well, yeah, no, I'm, that's like my brother and sister-in-law are talking about the idea of going to Disney over spring break. And it's like, they invited mom and I to go. But then at the same time, it's like, I'm going to be 46 at the time, and I'm a crotchety old man. And to be around, I'm not a people person. Go figure. (laughs) And to be around that many fucking people, to have to stand in line for, literally, you go on three or four rides, and you're literally standing in line for a grand total, like 12 hours. Yeah, and especially on spring break. Like, I would never go during spring break. Yeah. We specifically went in the middle of the week when kids were in school. And that made it a lot better. And um, it also turns out... Because you still freaking had to stand in line for a haunted house for an hour and a half. Well, yeah, because at nighttime... And I was pissed because one of the ladies that worked in the park was like, Yeah, it's, it's, it's Wednesday. It was Wednesday when we went. Wednesday nights aren't that busy. Oh, my God. It was, like, twice the amount of people that were in the park during the day. Like, it was insane. That's because the um, locals were out of school and off work. Right. Right. Um, so, the haunted house we went into was a Halloween haunted house. And it was all the based on the original Halloween. So, it had all the different, like, the Myers house and then the Wallace house and then the Doyle house. And uh-huh. it was good. I mean, I will say, I... I had to go in front because Abby wanted to be between me and George. And there were some really good scares, but it was not worth an hour and a half wait. Like, it needed to be longer to have to wait that long. But, oh well. You live, you learn. It was still a good experience. And um, that that was a good haunted house, for sure. I just wish it had been longer. So, so yeah, good times. Um. So I'm going to try to get this episode out 
tomorrow, maybe tonight, if I'm feeling it. Um, but Casey well, and I be on our money and not have to have you make any edits, and you can drop that. Would direct. be ideal. Yeah, yeah. It's just us, so it should be good. Um, we are finishing out uh, October Halloween Horror Fest scary time on the sip list with our top five horror movie jump scares. So, and I had actually already started a list for this. I don't know if we talked about this previously or somebody else and I did, but when oh, I went I'm to sure make my list, I'm sure we have. This is a good, this is a good topic. Um, have you seen the amount of time you and I spend in each other's DMs? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we talk Between about a lot of stuff. Freaking our personal freaking DMs. You have how many different masturbators group chats? The Sipmore freaking group chat. Yep. 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 And not that I'm complaining. I just, we, you and I have a lot of fucking group chats going on. We do. We're so popular. We are in high demand. We are. Um, so we're going to do something a little special today instead of the sip libs. But before we get to that, Casey, what are you drinking today? I actually am not drinking Pepsi today. Woo-hoo. I am drinking a lemon lime flavored Smirnoff ice. Nice. So, new age freaking Zima. Yes, classic. I am having an apple cider mimosa with some Corbel champagne, and it's really good. I hate you. Why? I love all things apple. Oh, well, apple cider apple cider mimosas are great. You would have loved the sangria I made at our Halloween party. It was caramel apple cider sangria. Um, so it's apple cider, caramel vodka and uh champagne and it was delicious so yeah you are definitely an alcohol tease sorry it was yum yum yummy all right so at universal at some of the horror themed stores i came across a little picture book called the legend of halloween written by david gordon green and Onor Tuchel, who is a children's book author. So he, this is not a children's book, I don't think. I haven't read it all the way through. We're going to read it together for the first time, all of us. And then I will make a TikTok of me reading it as well. Before you read it, I just want to say, fuck you, David Gordon Green. Yeah. He hurt my feelings. For those of you who don't know, we're not going to bring it up again because it's caused a lot of salty feelings for Amanda and I, but you can switch over after this episode and find the Halloween Ends episode of An Evening at the Movies, and all of our saltiness will be explained in that. <laughs> exactly. All right, who's ready for story time? Here we go. Oh, me, me, me. There is a town called Haddonfield. Some folks say it's cursed. It started many years ago on October 31st. Goblins, ghosts, and witches were running all around, but no one saw the little boy dressed up like a clown. His name was Michael Myers. He seemed like a sweet kid, but you won't think he's very nice when you learn what he did. Oh, 
He walked Ooh, into his sister's do? room holding a large knife. What? I said, hmm, what did he do? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> oh, really? He walked into his sister's room holding a large knife. He plunged it deep into her chest and ended Judas' life. Stabbed her in the tits. The doctors tried their I don't very think best. The book said that. The book didn't say that. That was my own commentary. Oh, okay. How come the parents in this illustration look more concerned than the parents in the movie? Parents in the movie look like they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> okay. The doctors tried their very best, but they could not save her. What would cause a child to kill? Now that's some bad behavior. Yeah, it is. I said the fucking truth. This naughty boy was put away as doctors made their rounds. He sat inside an empty room and never made a sound. Dr. Loomis studied him, this patient with dark eyes. He recognized pure evil di diagnosis, no surprise. Okay. Look at all the, the bubble of all the things in Michael's mind. <laughs> it's creepy. I don't want to know what's in Michael's mind, thank you very much. I don't either. Years passed by, and then one night, just before Sam Hain, someone let the madman out to rampage in the rain. Dr. Loomis and the nurse saw the open gate. They were seized with utter fear that Michael had escaped. And they were right to be afraid, for Michael could now drive. He terrorized that lovely nurse, then fled into the night. Look at him just flying. It's like he's flying on top of the car. <laughs> well, he kind of sort of, when they show the camera angle through the car into the back, through the back window, it kind of looks like he kind of flies up over onto the top of the station wagon. Yeah, like vampire style. Heading home, he spotted a mechanic on the road. Luckily, the man was nice and let him wear his clothes. <laughs> did he? Did he let him? Or <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't have a say in the matter after Michael fucking offed him. Michael needed some supplies. Next stop, the hardware store. He grabbed a mask, a rope, and knife. Get ready for some gore. I will not. Then, <laughs> then he paid a visit to his sister Judith's grave. But why on earth would Michael take the whole darn stone away? And how did he? He must crossfit. Back at his old stomping ground, his objective was unknown. A visit to a haunted house? No, this was home sweet home. From the door, he saw a girl walking with a kid. She looked a bit like Judith, and he almost flipped his lid. Oh my god, not bloodline! <laughs> Our hero's name is Lori. She's cute and really clever. Michael stalks this trio as they all walk home together. He spent the whole day watching them like some perverted creep. <laughs> he played a game of peekaboo behind some air-dried sheets. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. With Michael Myers on the loose, Loomis had a quest. He drove to town and looked around to seek a, sweet, a swift arrest. The time had come for tricks or treats, makeup, masks, and capes. But no one saw the crazy man with the scary shape. Lori chose to babysit a boy named Tommy Doyle. Annie was with Lindsay Wallace, a somewhat nervous girl. Really? Doyle and girl don't rhyme. Come on, y'all. Sheriff Brackett joins the tale. He's worried and concerned. He and Loomis wait to see if Michael will return. Dr. Loomis looks like what an old Charlie Brown would look like. Yeah, he does. Annie spills some butter, and she almost goes ballistic. 
When she shows a little skin, the shape gets voyeuristic. Mm. Annie gets a call from Paul. He wants to get it on. Whoa! <laughs> Perhaps Lindsay could spend some time with Tommy while she's gone. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Annie's going to get it. Annie grabs the car keys, sits down, and starts the engine. In the rear view mirror, something bad gets her attention. As she's singing, oh, Paul. A quick swipe of his brutal blade severs flesh and bone. Michael plans some arts and crafts with that big headstone. Mm. Lori carves a pumpkin. The kids think it's a beauty. Now it's time for popcorn and a bunch of scary movies. Meanwhile, at the Myers house, a few kids make a dare. I bet the boogeyman's inside. Lonnie, are you scared? Lonnie steps towards the porch and up the squeaky stairs, but when he reaches for the door, get your ass away from there. <laughs> Uh-oh. Linda and her boyfriend Bob pull up in a van. They came, they came to party with their friends, at least that was the plan. They go upstairs to have some fun, unaware that danger's near. Linda gives her man a task. Come on, Bob, get me a beer. Through the kitchen to the fridge to fetch a pack of brewskis. Paul, Annie, is that you? This next kill is a doozy. In the haunted house, they had Bob on the on the wall with the knife. Okay. Michael lifts Bob off the ground, then pins him to the wall. He gazes at his work of art as if he were Warhol. <laughs> Michael wears... Yeah, he's like, uh, uh-huh. Michael wears a white bed sheet to cover up his mask. Linda has a hearty laugh, but it will be her last. Totally. Totally. She makes a call to Lori, but then starts to choke. Burp, gasp, cough, grunt. Is this some kind of joke? Prank phone calls are childish. Linda, stop your teasing. Then the most disturbing sound. A man with heavy breathing. Lori Strode is very brave when she hangs up the phone, but she's being pretty careless when she leaves the kids alone. I agree. Then she has a feeling that she's never felt before. She doesn't know the horrors that are on the second floor. No, she sure does not. On display are all her friends, dead in weird positions. Lori is the queen of screams. There is no competition. As she backs into the hall, the shape waits to attack, and then he swings his carving knife. He's Casey at the bat. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why you gotta throw me under the fucking bus, David Gordon Green? Fuck you. Uh, after Lori's staircase falls, she runs in primal fear. Cuts and slashes on her arm, each scar a souvenir. Michael's getting closer with his knife in hand. Lori wakes up Tommy. She throws a potted plant. Tommy rubs his tired eyes, the noise he can't ignore. Lori screams, he's after me. You must unlock the door. Just as Michael closes in, Lori gets inside. She gives Tommy an order, run upstairs and hide. Lori thinks she's safe and sound until she sees the drapes. She knows that Michael's in the room and now there's no escape. The shape appears, another miss. With her, he can't connect. But Lori's arm is on the mark, a needle to the neck. Lori rushes up the stairs. She thinks the shape has died. Their kids are filled with terror and are likely scarred for life. You think? <coughs> there he is, the boogeyman. It's just like Lonnie said. Tommy isn't as heroic as the comic books he's read. 
She tells the kids to go get help and sends them down the street. A closet is the perfect spot to play some hide and shriek. <laughs> Lori stabs. The shape goes down. Is this his demise? But why does Lori drop the knife? That isn't very wise. No shit. The kids skedaddle quickly. Loomis is swift to act. It's time for him to face the shape in the big climax. Lori sits exhausted. She thought this was the end. There's Michael. But she made a fatal error when she turned her back on him. End and him don't rhyme. Michael is so big and tough when terror is the task. But he's a big old scaredy cat when you remove his mask. Just in time, Loomis arrives as he's come to save the town. Six shots to the shape point blank. Bang crash, he hits the ground. Six times. Six times. No man could survive that fall, but somehow Michael does. Was that the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. Where did he go? Under the bed? In a closet? Behind a tree? It seems for now the shape is gone. But there's always next Halloween. Whoa-ha-ha-ha-ha. Okay. So yeah, that was a that was an interesting story. Um, yeah, the rhymes were a little. Uh, it was a little liberal with Loose. those, and and there was a little incontinuity in the story because she didn't send the kids out to get help until after the closet scene. But whatever, it's a cute book. I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah, because that was the whole point with. Yeah. She. Yeah. In the neck, and then. Well, not in the neck. The closet was the eye, but yeah, yeah. and then he stabbed goes down, in the neck. He gets the kids, sends them to go get help, and that's when Loomis comes in and goes up the stairs to find yeah her getting strangled. She rips his mask off, breaks free. He puts the mask back on, and then bang, 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 bang. Yep. Six times. Six times. I shot him six times. <laughs> All right. Well, so let's get started on our top five. Um, top five horror movie scares or jump scares or whatever. Um, I actually don't know if we're going to have any in common, to be honest. Uh, One maybe, I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. But, but at the same time, jump scares, it really is your own personal definition because what you find as a scare, I might not find as a scare. Right. All right. Well, then I'm going to let you start with your number five. Okay. Hold on. <coughs> cough, cough, cough. <laughs> um, I don't know why I didn't have this pulled up immediately. Uh, yeah, what's wrong with you? Okay. Well, it's been freaking eight months since I've done a fucking simplest episode. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so, 1976, our homeboy Stephen King is going to make a appearance on my list. Okay. And it would be the ending to his 1976 movie, directed by Brian De Palma, starring Sissy Spacek, and, well, totally Linda herself. Mm-hmm. But it is 
the TJ Souls. Yes. Final moment in the movie Carrie where you think everything's all rainbows and sunshine and Carrie's dead and gone and everything's going to be happily ever after <laughs> and she reaches up out of the freaking rubble and grabs <coughs> what's her face's arm sue yeah yeah uh that's on my honorable mentions that is a good one that's a really good scare i had to put it there just for the pure fact that i don't think i mean obviously that was what a year before the greatness that is KCB was born but <laughs> I would assume a lot of people when they first went to see that in the theater did not see that coming at yeah, all. Yeah, I didn't. So. I didn't see it coming at all when I first watched the movie. And, you know, it is yeah. what it is. And that's part of the reason why I think it qualified itself to be a jump scare in my mind. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. I like it. Not on my top five, but yeah, it was in my honorable mentions. <coughs> um, you okay over there? Yeah. I'm just slowly starting to get over this, all this allergy bullshit. Oh, yeah. Getting back from vacation and the hot-ass fucking temp- Texas temperatures that mm-hmm. rapidly transitioned into traditional fall northwest weather. And now the fact that we're knocking on the door of a week straight of daytime highs at like 45 degrees. Nice. I'm jealous. Summer's over. I am ready to wear sweaters and it's not time yet here. (laughs) Okay. So my number five, um, I think this is an epic jump scare. It's number five because this isn't one of my favorite movies, but I will. I've seen this clip enough times and it still scares me every time. And it's The Exorcist 3. And it's the scene in the hospital where the nurse is slowly going from room to room. And, you know, it looks like nothing's happening. But obviously, you know, something's going to happen. And then that uh-huh. demon comes out after her with the scissors. And, and this, the music and the just comes out at her. It's like, scared yeah. the hell out of me. Because it's like building you up. You know, something's going to happen. But still, when it happens, you're just like, oh, shit. So. Yeah, I had honestly totally forgotten about that one because I've only ever seen that movie one time. Right. Because, in all honesty, nothing against the rest of that franchise, but my heart is completely given to the original. Right. But there is great elements of that movie, mainly being George C. Scott. hmm Who is an incredible actor was an incredible actor yeah so all right uh well what is your number four unlock okay so again there's kind of a theme with most of my list and most of it is final moments from said movies okay So, with this one, we're going to jump ahead in time from 1976, about four years, to the year 1980. 
and a little slasher movie by the name of Friday the 13th. The moment in question is, again, the end of the movie. And it's not the whole, oh my God, the killer is Mrs. Voorhees, blah, blah, blah. No. To me, that <laughs> was a jump scare, per se. You know, you you get that reveal. You have the final battle. She gets her head chopped off. And Chica gets into the canoe and, you know, sails off into the middle of Camp Crystal Lake. Come to find out, you know, after the sun comes up, she's all tired and worn out and passed out in the canoe. And she wakes up and notices, you know, the ambulances and the police cars and everything arriving <laughs> at the camp to discover the clusterfuck that was Mrs. Voorhees' macabre Game of Thrones kind of thing. And <laughs> next thing you know, a deformed, drowned little boy springs out of the lake over the edge of the canoe, grabs the girl, and pulls her into the water. Yeah. That was a terrifying moment. Uh, it's That's and my next honorable mention. Seriously. Guma. Yeah. So um, I'm guessing my number three will be your next honorable mention as well. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, yeah, that that was definitely. I did not expect that the first time I saw it, and it definitely scares the crap out of you because you just everything's so serene and peaceful, and you think, "Oh, she's made it. She's okay." And then, well, yeah, because it's one of those things like you're just in that sunrise moment of the morning in. Mm-hmm the wilderness and you've got the mist on the water and the sun coming up over the trees and even the music in the background Mm -hmm. is it's all peaceful. It it plays into creating a perfect serene moment. And then all of a sudden you get to switch to terrifying music and baby Jason jumps out of the water, grabs her (laughs) into the lake. Yep. That is a good one. Well, all right. Uh, so, yeah, honorable mention again didn't make my top five, but classic. My number four is from a movie that has a bunch of amazing jump scares and I think is a really scary movie. Um, and it's The Strangers. And there's a few different jump scares, but I think the one that kind of got me the most was towards the end when Kristen is slowly making her way down the hall. Um, and the guy jumps out of the room and just grabs her and slams her against the wall. And then everything goes dark. Yeah. Oh, I can edit this out. No, it just sounds like so- either somebody's talking in the background or the TV's on. Or I don't know if you're echoing or what. I have the TV on mute. I hear something. Oh, well. Possibly the filter on the fish tank. Like tinkling water. Okay. Yeah, that could be it. Okay. Well, okay. Never mind then. Um, Yeah. So, you know, when she opens, the other one I think is really good is when she opens the curtains and sees the guy in the white mask standing there. Like, that's a really good one. But I still, 
she's going so slowly down that hall. And again, it's like that exorcist. The tension is building up. You know something's about to happen. Um, Um, But still, he just comes out of fucking nowhere and just grabs her and slams her. And then, yeah, it's just, it got me good. No, yeah, that was, again, I totally spaced off the strangers, which I shouldn't have considering the fact that I know your other not strangers, but strangers related jump scare being the yeah. time that stuck up behind you and scared the shit out of you. Yeah. I yeah, like my him. my friend that that happened with was here at my Halloween party, so we were telling everybody about it. We we're like, that is the reason that that room is no longer arranged the way that it was. <laughs> and he can't he can't sneak into the theater room now that we have that because it's so dark. If somebody tries to open the door, light will come in, and you can hear it. But yeah, yeah no, I totally did. get that because I've been got us good <laughs> in that room a couple of times and yeah even if you crack that door open it yeah. immediately because of the direction that everything comes through that one window yeah. in the living room it comes right down the fucking hall yeah right through that fucking door so yeah haha george not getting her exactly. again yeah, I'm I'm not stupid. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Not happening. Fool me once, you can't fool me again. <laughs> okay, number three. My number three is... Uh, as much as I'm going to hate to admit this, okay... Th- this is probably the one time we're going to go away from end of movie moments. But there is a couple, even in this franchise where the ending moments are definitely jump scares, but probably the one that I still having seen this movie five or six times still makes me jump out out of my seat. Whenever I see it is from the second paranormal activity movie. And it is the scene where everybody is, the parents are out on whatever they left for the night and Mm -hmm. the kids are at home. And then all of a sudden, literally everything fly, the cabinet doors fly open. Everything Mm -hmm. flies out of the fucking cabinets. The thing hanging over the island in the kitchen falls and Mm -hmm. crashes to the top of the island. Even knowing that it's coming, it's still one of those you can't prepare for that exact moment that that's going to happen. So it still right. gets you every freaking time. So, and like I said, as cheesy and crappy as those movies may be, there is moments in, I would say, probably the first two, maybe three, where there's a couple of times that it'll make you jump. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's 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 some good ones, and that is a really good one. I like that. Um. Okay, so I didn't have that on my list um, at all, but I totally agree with that. 
See, I, I don't so think we're going to have anything that matches at this point. I don't think so either. Um, and I'm going to, honestly, on my next three, I, I'll be quick because I have to mention more than one moment. Um, number three is It 2017. So, again, a lot of good jump scares in this movie. Um, the one I'm going to go with on this, though, is the slideshow. When they're in Bill's garage, um, yeah. as the pictures change, it starts changing into Pennywise, and then they knock it off the ground, and then he he crawls out of the projector and starts running towards them in the garage, and then he just disappears. Mm-hmm. That was so yeah. fucking scary. Like, that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> The other one I want to mention is from It Chapter 2, and I wanted to mention this because it made me scream out loud in the theater. And it's the part of the baseball game where he's talking to the little girl, and it made Uh, me so mad because that little girl knew something was off with him. And if she had just trusted her gut, but, and I go back to this as girls, we're taught to be pleasers and to always be nice and to help people and to never be rude. And he sucked her in, you know, playing against her emotions and she came back. But when he's like, I'm going to count to three and he's like, one, two. And as she goes, you're supposed to say three, he jumps out and eats her. And that I screamed out loud in the theater at that part. (laughs) So yeah, lots of good jump scares and it, um, those so, two were, I thought were good. Kind of, we might have one in common then. Because um, my number two is also from It 2017. Ooh, okay. And it's the one moment that everybody who has seen... had seen the miniseries or read the book knew was coming and you're not even what five minutes into the movie 10 minutes into the movie and you get it but to me the scene where georgie loses his boat into the sewer drain and Mm -hmm. you get that initial moment of bam Pennywise is there. And it it may not necessarily be one of those oh my god jump out of your seat moments, but if you don't know what's coming, it can be. And I believe that scene, especially with the way it was done in the miniseries and as well as it was done in it 2017 has mm-hmm. become one of those iconic horror movie moments that deserves to be respected. Oh, yeah. I mean, so. still, every time I watch it, you, you can ask Abby. We watched the It miniseries the other day to because we're going to do it on Evening at the Movies. But uh-huh. in both movies, every time when you first see him in the sewer, he just pops up. I'm always like, oh, shit. I Every single time, even though I know it's coming, it just still, yeah, it just gets you. You're like, fuck, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And we will definitely talk about an awful lot of it stuff when yeah we all sit down to discuss it 1990 For but 
Yeah. It But yeah, that projector scene. I couldn't ooh. let that moment get off the hook with not getting brought up. So Well then I'll say well, we have one in common. It's the same movie. It is not the same moment per se, but there's a handful of good jump scare moments in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There, That one actually has quite a few. So. Yeah, a lot more than I thought there was going to be. But then at the same time, I went into that movie five years ago, not expecting a whole hell of a lot because I knew it was a remake. And right. the 1990 miniseries was so much of a classic in my mind. Right. That I knew my opinion was going to be ruined. And honestly, at least with chapter one, my initial reactions were not destroyed. Yeah. I really liked it. So I was very satisfied and I was happy they made it into two movies. So tune in to an evening at the movies much later down the road for my thoughts and opinions on it. Chapter two. Okay. All right. Well, my number two, um, again, I'm going to mention two moments and it's from The Conjuring. So there's there's one scene in particular, The Conjuring, that scares the ever loving shit out of me. And it's the scene in the girl's bedroom when the creature, ghost, whatever appears. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the little girl's talking and she's like, She's standing right there. She's standing right beside you. And she points and, and it's so quiet and tense. And then the door slams and they just hear all this screaming. And that little girl did such a good job with her like crying and acting and just like scared me to death. I, that whole bedroom scene, especially when the door slams. Um, and then the other one is when the mom is in the basement and she's lighting the match. And then you hear the clap next to her head, like the hide and clap. You hear the clap mm-hmm. that scared me. So again, another movie with some decent jump scares, but those two were ugh, so scary. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah, The Conjuring definitely is good for that. Can I guess your number one? You can guess. You might be wrong. Is it the end of a movie? Kind of, yes. Well, it's either the ending scene of a movie or it's not. (laughs) I know. I'm being an ass. (laughs) Um, Yes, it is. It's Nightmare on Elm Street, isn't it? When the mom gets sucked through the window? No? No. That is one of my honorable mentions. All right, sweet. Well, let's hear it. So... This one kind of isn't necessarily a jump scare per se, but it kind of classifies as a jump scare slash oh my god moment because, and you and I have had this discussion on this type of horror movie before and how we are, not, necess- we are not necessarily fans of this genre of horror. Um, 
Do you know what it is? Blair Witch? Nope. Wow, okay. All right, well then you continue. I'm sorry, I'll leave you alone. <laughs> so, kind of sort of jump, but definitely a big, huge, oh my God moment. The climactic final scene from Saul. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have Carrie Elways and freaking Lee, what's his face? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Being held captive in a dark, nasty, dank bathroom and trying to figure out how to get out and all the weird, twisted shit that comes along with the Saw movies and torture porn that actually, in my opinion, the original was a lot more tame on the torture porn than everything else that came in that franchise after. But you don't ever find out who their kidnapper is. Mm -hmm. But obviously early in the movie, you see they're being held captive in the bathroom and there's a dead body in the middle of the floor, laying in a puddle of blood, a gun in his hand, a tape recorder in the other hand, and the big climactic moment in the movie as Carrie always saws his foot off and escapes the bathroom. The other character played by Lee, whatever his face is, is left to realize that the body raises up out of the puddle of blood, peels off the freaking prosthetics to make him look dead mm-hmm. and literally reveals himself to be John Kramer, AKA Jigsaw, the man who kidnapped or was a part of their kidnapping and setting up the game that they were ultimately to have played. I want to play a game. Well, that movie, it's, they lead you to believe he's the kidnapper, but the next movie, there's another reveal that right. reveals that he wasn't the only one involved. So, but yeah, that was, that was a definite, oh my God moment that I probably should have seen coming. But when I first remember watching the movie, it was like, you get wrapped up in all the other little shit going on in flashbacks and storytelling moments. And then you get to that final five minutes of the movie and it's like, Oh my fucking God, I should have seen that a mile away. So I couldn't let this episode get away from me without paying homage at least to that. Yeah. I hear you. That's literally in my opinion about the only good aspect of that entire franchise. Mm. I did not have that one, but that's, yeah, solid choice. I like it. Okay, well, you had to know my number one was going to be from Halloween. I mean. No. <laughs> the hell you say. Um, the question so, is. Well, so I picked a couple um, that are similar, but were really good jump scares. And that was when. It's um, from Michael, Halloween 6, isn't it? No. 
when Michael pops up in the backseat to kill Annie and when he busts out of the door to kill Bob. I think both of those are really good, like, jump scares. But to me, the scariest part, and I wouldn't necessarily call it a jump scare, but it does definitely scare you. And it's one of the parts that, like I said, this movie traumatized me growing up. I was so terrified of it. And the scene where you think Michael's dead and he sits straight up behind Lori, the way he just sits straight up and looks over at her. Yeah. Yeah. It just, like, I get chills. It's so fucking scary. So that had to be my number one. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm not surprised that (laughs) Halloween was your number one. Duh. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess shouldn't necessarily surprise me that you thought Elm Street was my number one as well. Um, Elm Street was the the end of Elm Street was probably the ending of two. Definitely was not a freaking jump scare. Um, three, no, four, hell no, five, no, six. There wasn't a jump scare because that was Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, right. And then New Nightmare, yeah, that was kind of sort of Wes Craven putting a nice little red and green bow on that one. So the only real jump scare moment, and as, as far as endings go, could only be Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Right, because you didn't really see that coming. Well, yeah, and you can't necessarily say that any of the kills throughout the entire franchise are really jump scare moments because you kind of sort of see every damn one of them coming a mile away. Right. Where, I mean, Glenn's kind of was, I guess, but yeah, yeah, they're all so it's, they're all such a development that it's not like a huge, you know, because well, that's Freddie's Freddie's not the guy that wants to literally catch you off guard and end you. He's like literally a five-year-old sitting in the driveway with a magnifying glass playing with the sun's reflection through the glass trying to burn flies alive. He wants to toy with his prey before he offs them. So by that standard, then, yeah, you're going to see Freddy coming a mile away because, one, the person has to fall asleep. So... Nightmare on Elm Street. You fall asleep. Oh, oh, oh you're going to die. So you kind of sort of see that coming a mile away. Right. And then you have the few minute of Freddy pulling the puppet strings and torturing his victim before he offs him, before he literally oh, offs him. Poor guy. Philip. Yeah, that. Pro- this still, like I said the other night, that scene where Philip gets turned into a puppet in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is probably my least favorite Freddy kill of the entire franchise. And there Dude, been- mine is when he kills Taryn with the good in her arms and the, the needles. It's not the needles, it's the little uh, things in her arms that he is. Oh, the so little nice. mouth thing. Yes. Stop, 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 stop. 
You're welcome for that, by the way. Yeah. So my only other honorable mention that we didn't talk about was the end of Blair Witch. Oh, and the whole, the opening of Scream. When she turns to the window and then he turns and you see his face, like, his face, that was pretty scary. To me, and this actually came up when Meg and I discussed Scream on an evening at the movies a year ago, was that opening to Scream, one, was a mind fuck. And two, pissed me off like there was no fucking tomorrow. Because if you go look at the damn poster that they sent out around the world for that movie, who is front and center in that damn picture? Yep. Yep. Who Barrymore? And who was the first person that Stu and Billy killed in that movie? Right. Yeah, they make you think she's going to be the star. Yeah. It's almost as bad, not as quite as bad as Ooh, tune in October 14th for the final epic battle between Michael and Lori. Yeah. I'm sorry. I did, I promised I wouldn't go bitter and salty in this episode. <laughs> but I did, so get over it. Well, that's okay. <laughs> well, all right then. Um, so I did have two more honorable mentions. Oh, yeah, here. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Um, 1975. Steven Spielberg, mm. horror classic. Uh, Jaws. Ba-dum, ba-dum, Again, <laughs> it's a classic jump scare moment because you know good and hell well it's a shark movie. So right. you know anybody in the water is in jeopardy. Right. But at the same time, without seeing, a lot of times you don't even see the damn fin of that shark before the attack. Or you do see it, but it's only very briefly. You don't know exactly when that moment is coming. So. Yeah, it's just like barely. And then um, the other one. Kind of sort of not again, not really as much of a jump scare moment. If you're a horror fan and know the movie. But. Um, it would be the shower scene in mm-hmm. the Alfred Hitchcock classic starring Anthony Perkins entitled El Psycho. Yes, I had that one too. I forgot to mention it. Yeah, that's a so, great, a great scene. Especially considering what they were allowed to show and do in movies back then. That was a pretty elaborate jump scare oh my god moment mm-hmm. so you can't not acknowledge the king of horror being alfred hitchcock absolutely hells yeah well okay then so uh it's the day before halloween so i am ready to go watch some horror movies Yay. Even though you're horror movie out. Listen here, woman. I you misinterpreted the words that I was communicating to you. <laughs> I know so what you I mean. I explained afterwards. Right? We started the Stephen King tournament in mid-August. So the rest of August was Stephen King tournament. All of September was Stephen King tournament. We did a couple of Stephen King movies in September. 
all of October was horror movies. All of November is horror movies. I'm not necessarily horrid out per se. That could have been a poor choice of words on my part, but I'm definitely ready for everything Eddie Murphy in December. Yeah, that'll be cool. As well as the launching of the greatest movie franchise of all time. Notice how I did all that and incorporated the what's coming up on an evening yes, at the movies I like all it. into one. I like see, it. Now, Good job. Now you can't say that I ramble on forever and make you almost pee your pants because I won't shut up. Yay. Good job, Casey. And also tune in in approximately one, two, three months for the second anniversary episode of An Evening at the Movies. Yes. And happy second anniversary to the sip list. Uh, my anniversary was a couple days ago, and I promise we will have a sip anniversary episode before you know it. But I was on vacation. But two we years. Have four ingredients we have to get on the same page for that yeah. to happen. Yeah, we got to get the sip mores all together, and everybody's kind of busy, but it will happen. But thank you, everyone that's listened and participated and shared and liked and subscribed and you know been involved and everybody that's been part of a show part of the show i appreciate you all and we will not be acknowledging deandre robinson <laughs> oh dre. Uh-huh, dre. dre oh yes we do love you dre All right. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. I hope it's a safe and spooky one and do something fun and hope you get lots of trick-or-treaters if that's your thing. And um, Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We end up buying like two of those big variety bag, the candy, and we only end up giving out like half of one bag. Mm. And Ooh, I got to go to McDonald's today. I'm so pissed. I got two boo buckets and they're both the same one. And I got them from different McDonald's. And I'm like, I just realized it's too late. I should have went to a McDonald's in Orlando. That was stupid. Why didn't I think of that? I want the pumpkin one. I have two ghost ones. So, and I want the Dracula or Frankenstein one. To go with your popcorn cup that you bought in Orlando. My Frank popcorn popcorn bucket. Bucket or cup or whatever it was. It's a bucket, and you can wear it around your neck, and you eat popcorn out of the back of his head. It's super cool. Literally, you can wear it around your neck. Yeah, didn't you see the picture? It came with. It has I a strap. Notice, I didn't notice the freaking strap. Yeah. Damn. I wore it around my neck. Ate popcorn out of it. So. Because that's what movie fans do. Heck yeah! And especially horror movie fans that are not horror movied out. And my new favorite way to eat popcorn. All right, KSDB. Well, thanks for doing this on the fly. Good, good idea. And I will get this out for a Halloween episode. And I hope everybody has a great night and great Halloween. And the holidays are coming up. So just remember when life gets tough, just keep sipping. Goodbye. Peace and hair grease. I knew it. That's literally.